0: Well, there you go then. We must be live. Well, LA. are <laughs> live. live It looks that way. Certainly looks that way. It must be. So, hello and welcome to VUX World live on LinkedIn. Uh, if, you are, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, if you've followed us on LinkedIn but haven't stretched over to the podcast, this is us bringing that podcast over here to you. Uh, so, I'm joined today, as always, by our host, Dustin Coates. Dustin, welcome.
1: Hey, good to be here. You know, we usually charge extra for the outtake, so people are getting it for free today.
0: They are, they are. We're gonna, they're going to hear all of our sloppy kind of interjections and uh, poor <laughs> segues. We're not going to have a chance to edit it out. Uh, and we're also joined by Andy Headington. Andy, welcome.
2: Good afternoon. And what a privilege to be here with you both. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Um, so everyone is probably right now uh, sitting in the garden uh, with a G&T uh, tuning in, listening to a little bit of this voice knowledge. And uh, one of the things that's been kind of, if you haven't listened to this show before, if you haven't listened to VWX before, essentially what we do is we find industry experts like Andy and we pick their brains about how they do what they do so that you can do what you do better, essentially. And Andy's got some really interesting, some thoughts and some knowledge, and a tool specifically looking at how you can measure and improve your voice search performance. And so, we'll get into that in a moment. And and for those who are uh, who are perhaps not necessarily overly familiar with voice technologies and all that kind of thing, voice search is poised to uh, to really grow over the next number of years. Now, there's that crazy stat. voice by like next week <laughs>
2: can you remember that stat uh, it was was it comscore Do you remember that andy you've probably seen that have you comscore were the ones that i think were the uh that promoted it it was um a guy called andrew ng, ng i think ng is his surname who yeah he, his quote was to do with uh voice and images being sort of the next uh technology to be searchable um and he said voice and search would equate to 50 percent of searches by 2020 and i think he said that in 2015 or something yeah um but people forgot the images part it sounded good um we all started by Alexas a few years ago so that was the thing that just got promoted and pushed almost everywhere and i actually spent some time so i was getting so frustrated with it that i would troll people who started posting it out and <laughs> saying this mm. is nonsense um
0: yeah because it got a lot of didn't it
2: it did. It completely blew out proportion, and it was good, I guess. Got the uh, Alexa and voice onto people's radars, but um, maybe counterproductively, people got then disappointed with it because it wasn't picking up at the levels that they thought. So I don't, I don't really know. But hmm. um, we're here in our 2020, and it's not 50% by any means. <laughs> but
0: how, how, what about Algolia? What, what kind of obviously Algolia are investing heavily in in the voice capabilities. Has there been a large uptake in, in voice searches over there? Yeah, I would say there's a
1: large uptake, certainly not 50% as well. And it, it definitely is industry and vertical specific as well. So you're going to have some verticals where it's just not happening at all. And some verticals, you take like a media, right? Uh, media is one where it's going to be, be a lot of uptick. You know, we just spoke with Sony, uh, which that show is coming out soon. And, you know, they were talking all about that search and discovery. And we're seeing the same thing at Algolia. And I'm sure Andy's seeing the same thing as well.
0: So before we dive in then, Andy, do you want to tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, about Adido and uh, some of the things that you've been been working on lately and, and what your interest is in voice and how you kind of got into it and all that stuff?
2: Sure. Um, so Adido is, I guess, what you call a traditional digital marketing um, web design agency. Um, we started in 2003, so... Uh, 17 years this summer um, we've been going um, largely building websites um, doing digital marketing search marketing for businesses in that time and we have ventured into apps and um, built a few of our own little things um, internally Um, why why got into voice because um, as CEO I'm trying to spend a lot of time thinking about what is the next big thing and um, around three four years ago voice really caught my attention as something that I thought People would use more. It seemed a lot simpler. Um, we then saw the growth of Alexa, um, and every marketing blog or thing I ever read or listened to all said, you know, Alexa and Google Home are going to be the next big things. You need to worry about them. Um, so in 2018, we took our team away and we started thinking about how could we build voice apps and um, played around with a very few um, small, flimsy prototypes. Um, End of 2018, we bought all of our team uh, an Alexa Google Home each and said, these are the things we want to focus on. Um, how are we going to use this for our clients? And um, very fortunately, one of our developers, uh, Mark um, Willis, who I'll give a huge shout out today, came up with the idea of uh, when well, we do search marketing and voice is going to be a big thing. How are you going to be able to understand um if you're ranking on, we say ranking, I still don't know what the word is, but if you appear on Google Home or um, Amazon Alexa, then how are you going to know that? Because um, if people have got these things in their home, but it doesn't necessarily relate to search engines results, um, what are we going to do? So that's when um, he started to prototype this. Um, And I guess it furthered my interest in voice even more than a sort of, you know, a casual observer from the outside, because um, it's really interesting seeing how people describe the thing thereafter and can do it in so many different ways like if, if you're looking for a restaurant in Bournemouth uh, you'd type that into Google you type in restaurant in Bournemouth if you're looking for a restaurant and you're sort of casually asking it, it it comes from a different place in your brain almost you're sort of going where's the best place to eat tonight or where should I go that does good curry or where's the best place in Bournemouth to eat for under 30 pounds for two people you can ask it in a hundred different ways and that's what's really fascinating to me
0: and so Mark, was it Mark? You said, yes. Yeah, Mark. So, so presumably the 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 kind of tool that we, that we're going to touch on in shortly was kind of maybe his brainchild. Was it the share of voice sort of yes, tool for, yeah. for those? So I suppose the problem is you've outlined the problem fairly fairly well. Anyway, is that if you're thinking of if you're a company you have a website like the vast majority of companies do, you're looking at things like Amazon. I'm going to put it on mute before before it goes. Uh, Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant, and and you're wondering, you know, what that what these technologies mean for your brand from a search perspective. What is there that you can do? Uh, and I know this is where the tool kind of comes into it. But even even with the tool or without the tool, is there anything that you can actually do to to figure out what your current state of play is
2: when it comes to voice search? Uh, Good question, Um, stop me if you've heard before, but I think it's really um, around um, assumptions that number one position in Google is the thing that's gonna come up on Google Home. So people assume that because I'm number one on Google, therefore that's gonna be the first result that's read out. Um, So that's what I think has propelled the, I don't need to worry about voice technology because I'm number one on Google, therefore I'm gonna be number one on Google Home. Um, sort of myth and it is it's it's a fairly um, s- straight way of thinking but what we've noticed in the last six 12 months is um, there's a bit of a divergence between what ranks number one on Google and what comes back on Google Home so you had Dr. Pete on um, about a year ago wasn't it a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah fascinating guy he's done he studies Google um, you know to the nth degree and he was saying about how context is going to become much more important in google's algorithms so if you're asking a question through a mobile phone or a desktop it might start to give you a slightly different answer um so that's the assumption i think people have at the moment of i'm number one on google therefore i don't need to worry about what comes back and they might do some casual asking themselves and maybe note down the answers uh, again i know um you're another person i listen to on here is uh, uh John from Rabbit and Pork? Yeah, John Campbell. John Campbell, and he's done some analysis and research to sort of show the different trends and things. But um, I don't think there's an, there's an easy way for a brand like Apple or Nike or McDonald's to actually know consistently um, how their brand is performing on voice without employing somebody to sit in the corner of a room and just sit there and parrot 50 questions every day, which uh, they're not going to do.
1: And Andy, when you were talking about the context, are you saying that the context will impact who ranks number one is that what's happening there
2: um yeah i mean that's always been that's an increasingly um strong part of the algorithm whether you're doing it on on a mobile phone whether you're doing it on a mobile phone probably out and about versus at home i think they'd probably be able to understand that as well um and again the sort of asking the question to google via traditional text is also then different to voice because they know the input and and again the context flips there. So it's it's very difficult to try and understand right now, if you ask fifty questions, is that gonna be the same fifty results you ask through the search box? I think again they're starting to change that context and we've seen a little bit of, of change there. If that's the right answer.
1: Yeah. And I was also wondering, is there when you were talking about position number one, is there any difference or does it have an impact when we see those I don't know what the right term is, but those answer boxes up top. For example, yep. I just I just Googled how many people are in the U.S. workforce and it said 176 million in that box up top. Are, are those the same thing or are those yeah. different when it comes to voice?
2: Um, again, tr- traditionally and largely, they are the same thing. It's called a featured snippet box. Mm-hmm. Um, that featured snippet um, can contain all sorts of different things. So if you're searching for... I don't know, how do I um, change my tap or something, then that, that that first result would be a YouTube video. Um, and again, sometimes the voice assistants can understand you're asking a question and it will give a different answer. So um, in the analysis that I did uh, end of last year, a lot of the results that were turned on voice were different to desktop because I can't watch a video. Um, and so the position one, which could be a featured snippet or it could be a video, it could be a map, will differ then on a voice answer to a traditional desktop answer.
0: Interesting. So, so far then what what you're learning is that feature snippets are important, but they're not, but they're not the be all and end all. No. And it's not always the first top ranked result in Google that gets the answer from the assistant.
2: No. Um, And there's a study done, um, by a blog called Black Backlinko, which is a bit of a mouthful. Uh, backlink with a no on the end. Um, but he did two or three years ago, and it was suggesting something like 60% of the results which were read back from the Google search results were the first one. Um, and then it was something like 20% with the second, and it sort of goes down in a, in a graph. But even sometimes positions number six and seven were getting read out as the, as the answer. Um, one of the things we um, learned from looking at those studies and, and things we did ourselves was that um, it would be interesting to know of the twenty questions I've asked how many of them um, come back on Google search results as the same as the Google Voice results. So in the tool um, we've integrated a system called SEMrush, no, sorry, Serp API. Serp um, API basically gives you an API to get the Serp results, and we can show you in the tool what the number one answer on Google is and whether your voice result is the same or whether it's different. Uh, And similarly with Alexa and Bing as well. So we can show you in our tool, if you're number one on Google here, 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 you still don't have the voice ranking result because of these other gaps you've got. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is is there any, um, have you managed to get as far as identifying any trends as far as what kind of things is Google Assistant looking for on these websites that would determine whether a rank seven would come above a rank one? Is there anything in terms of like technical implementation of things like the schema markup that that Google have kind of put out there now, the FAQ markup and stuff, or is it just simply that it feels as though there is a better site further down that has a a more appropriate response for a, a conversational style interface?
2: Um, I'll be completely honest, we've not done a massive amount of analysis as to why something comes back. Um, part of the way the tool works and the um, the implementation of Alexa and Google Home, uh, they don't really allow you to record the information that comes back, because uh, it's against terms and conditions. So we have to be a bit careful when the information we get back comes in, um, what we then do with it and how we process it and store it. So um to do that analysis would probably take a little bit more work on our part um as i say it's largely the position one anyway and what we do what we have noticed is that sometimes it might be the position one one sometimes it's position two and like the search algorithms work they'll flip-flop them around and see which one is the best and see which one's the, the most relevant so even if you are number one today on google and the answer matches next week it could be slightly different um and particularly with Alexa, we've seen some changes of the way Amazon is processing and giving the answers back, um, which we can perhaps talk about a bit later on.
1: Andy, you, you were talking about their, you know, they're performing tests, their flip-flopping, determining which one's the most relevant. On the web or on mobile, you have something like the bounce rate when you're going back to the search results. Do you have any ideas on how they're measuring uh whether a result is the best one or not on voice?
2: Um, that's a very good question. I guess the only hypothesis you could have is if someone asks a question, gets an answer, do they then follow with a second question? Uh, in the same way, um, perhaps you might have uh, a bounce rate on Google, where uh, sorry, Google Analytics, where someone's visited the page and bounces off again. Perhaps the converse happens in voice. If you ask a question, it doesn't get answered, you ask the second one. Perhaps the first one wasn't then fulfilled, so it may then change that. Um, it's quite hard to say, because again, it, you're dealing with a conversational interface and, and sort of naturally you will ask a second or third question. Um, so I don't know how they measure that. They've probably come up with some, some way of doing it, but I'm just sort of spinning ideas here. Have you got any? <laughs> all, part, all, part of the, all part of the Google secret sauce,
0: probably, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, mm. But so. One of the things, which is a term that I hadn't come across until we spoke a couple of weeks, in fact, it was probably a few months ago now, uh, which was the is the name of the tool that you created, is it's share of voice. So mm. tell us tell us what, not necessarily, we'll go on to the tool, but what is the term share of voice? What, what does that mean?
2: Share of voice is um, a marketing term that's been um, used in various different contexts previously. Um, I think traditionally it's a... To do for sort of brand measurement. So if you were uh, say, I don't know, Cadbury's, um, <clears throat> in a social media context, it'd be how many people are talking about Cadbury's or Thornton's or any other chocolate and what percent of that conversation through traditional media have I got? My share of voice might be 20, 30, 40%. Um, for us, we are trying to understand as a brand with our tool, how many um, terms that I think are relevant to my business I'm appearing for and so because it's always going to be one or zero there's going to be a ratio or percent of the question I've asked so for us it's if I ask 20 questions and I've got 10 of them which are my brand that's 50 percent my share of voice because it's to do with voice um, is then for half so we thought it we thought it fitted very well for what we were trying to do and um, the information we're getting back.
0: How does the tool work then? What can you talk us through a little bit of? If if I'm Adidas, Nike, I don't know, yeah. Kangle, any whoever it is, I want to understand what the current situation is, what the current state of play is as far as my brand terms are concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, how does how does Share a Voice work? Talk us through kind of what it how 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 would I use
2: it. Okay. Um, So it's a self-serve system. Um, We created it like that because um, we wanted people to play around with it. There are other SEO type tools where you can just create an account, log on, pay some money, get your answers. Um, We wanted to deliver that here. So if you are, let's say, head of Adidas brand and you want to know um, if people ask a question about maybe buying your trainers um, or any generic trainers, how many times... For generic questions, does Adidas, Adidas, Adido? <laughs> they How many times does Adidas uh, get mentioned versus maybe Nike or Asics or New Balance? So, you would put in your terms that you want to monitor, Adidas. Uh, you would create another group of competitor terms like New Balance, Nike, Asics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You could also create another um, block of um, things to analyze. So the competitors from a voice perspective might not necessarily be the other brand you're competing against. It could be Runners World or it could be Running Weekly, anything where your brand and your shoes would be discussed. Um, So you create that at the beginning and then you then enter the questions. So what is the best running shoe? What is the best running shoe for a marathon runner? What's the best shoe for 5K? What's the best, most comfortable shoe? What's the best running shoe under 100 pounds? All the questions you think your consumers are going to be asking, Uh, The tool will then take all of those um, questions, it will convert them to text, it will then physically ask Alexa or Google or both if you want to do that, um, the question, the answer is then presented back, we will then take that um, piece of audio, convert it back to text and then for each different question, look for Adidas in the result. Um, And if Adidas is in there, then we would then go, okay, here is a match. Or if Nike is presented as one of the answers, then we say a competitor's been matched, et cetera, et cetera. So we go through all the different questions, say whether you're matched, whether the competitor's matched, whether somebody else is matched, or whether there was no response or no answer. So it might just say, I can't give you an answer at this time. Uh, And those are the four main categories that we would then analyze. And then, as I say, if you had 20 questions and Nike was, or sorry, Adidas was 10 of them, then you say 50% is your share of voice. 10% is Nike and 40% is, um, somebody else. And that's how we'd use the tool to understand where, where we are.
1: What kinds of questions are people generally tracking on the tool?
2: Um, it tends to be why, where, who, how much, um, what does, um, all sorts of different questions and, and using it extensively for the last 12 months. That is the sort of the inherent um, problem, because um, if you were to say going go back to traditional search marketing, you know, restaurants in Bournemouth or restaurant in Bournemouth, there's a slight difference there. Um, but in terms of monitoring those different phrases um, and the answers you get back from Google, they'd probably be very similar. Um, but as soon as you start who, what, why, how, how much, where is, what if, then your question set becomes very very big very very quickly and that's the that's the challenge for using the tool is like the number of questions people can ask is is mind-boggling just for a very simple topic like running shoes Um, and so that's really the 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 trick to using it effectively is to ask the questions rather than maybe asking statements Um, So, for example like where is adidas founded the answer would always be germany there's no point in asking the tool that because it's never going to change it's the things that may fluctuate that we're really most interested in
1: do you have some, uh, let's say, let's take the, the running shoe example. I would imagine that you're not going to track, like you said, uh, how long is a marathon, but what kinds of questions, let's say, Adidas, what kind of questions, uh, what examples of questions would they be tracking?
2: Uh, I would like to think it's going to be ones where there's commercial impact. So if you are interested in running and the best result for best best 5K running shoe, comes back as Nike well someone's interested in a 5k running shoe Nike are the one that comes back um, and maybe down the line there's an opportunity to you know go into the Nike store through the skill or um Amazon could say we can order this Nike shoe that's been presented back to you for example um, for me as Adidas that's a um, again a share of voice of someone else is having for those answers and be potentially down the line as a commercial impact on that so I'd want to make sure that Adidas is now number one for what's the best 5K running shoe, for example. Um, and our tool will tell you that. Um, how you then go on to adjust your content and your SEO or your voice strategy is the next thing you need to do. So then you look at your website, web pages, looking at your content. Is, is your content um, in a user-friendly, more um, conversational tone? Because again, sometimes optimization has been very sort of um, robotic in the past. Um, a number of different things like that. You could then do, and then obviously you can then do the changes and monitor to see if you then appear in two or three weeks' time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Do what? Well, go, go ahead. Okay.
0: <laughs> I was just going to touch on uh, what you were saying about things that come get returned through the skill through through the tool. Um, it's presumably it's looking for like websites and web results and things like that. What happens when Google, Amazon start kind of every now and then when it happens, I know it might roll it out properly in time, but what happens if they put you into like a skill or an action or something like that? What what would come back in the tool And Can you see that? Can you see that there, these phrases that you're asking have been sent into an action or what what happens in that respect?
2: Um, well, we'd re- always record the audio or we'd get a version of the audio in translate. Data to text so we'd see if google or alexa <clears throat> started to do that um what we have noticed since i think end of january time it was um alexa has started to, to say um for this answer there is a skill that can help you and the skill is called xyz well, i think it's something like that i can't remember the exact specific um quote but that's what um alexa's started to do and i think the as, as voice gets used more and more, where the commercial um, aspect comes in, like buying a 5K running shoe, if Google and Alexa uh, start picking up on that, that's when they can then start taking over that, that route into their world rather than your world. And I think that's the danger we all face with building these skills is... Um, Amazon sees the skills really, really popular and then starts to monopolize it in the way that Google's done with search results in the past. So they've launched credit card things, they've launched flight things, they've done all these different things where it goes free reign, everyone starts using it. They see where the, the sweet spots are and they go, right, well, we'll have a bit of that ourselves. I think we're I think we're years away from that invoice um, from my perspective, but... Um, You know, they are starting to say that here's a skill here that can do this, that and the other, which is which is great if you own that skill. And again, that's where I think our tool could be used if you're developing skills and you know the questions people are asking. But at the moment, it's Wikipedia. It's some other website. It's your website. You could then build the skill to try and tailor to um, match those um, questions.
0: Mm. It's interesting. So we kind of we're on the verge of getting to to that in terms of the next step that you were alluding to um beyond that just after the last question which was once you've done the first setup the first bunch of questions you've, you've kind of all, all your top search terms that you want to try and rank for you've put them into the tool you get back your share of voice yeah what do you what do you do about it then what's the is it a case of how, is there any insights that can be brought out of the tool that will enable you to act on things or will it just say this is the percentage share of voice now go away and try and figure something out
2: yeah well i have we did play with that idea a lot um, <clears throat> we're trying to look at it i guess at the moment and this is again we're still um, very much in development open to ideas as just a research tool so there again in the seo example we've been using seo tools for 15 20 years um, the SEO tool just says, you rank number seven on Google for this phrase, and that's it. Um, as to then how you go about fixing that and going up the rankings, there are millions of other blogs and websites out there that help you with that. Um, for now, we've drawn our line of our tool needs to work really well. It needs to give you the information you need. It needs to have extra features which you want to build. If we then start going into your web page is, well, you're not ranked, first of all, um, at all on search. Um, Could you be, should you be? Those are the questions we don't know. So, um, in terms of suggestions and ideas, I think that's for someone else who spends a lot more time looking at content and getting it in there than Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do at the moment, which I know is a bit of a dodgy answer in terms of, no, 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 that's, that's, that's really well.
0: That's a perfectly, that's a perfectly fine answer. Um, yeah. Okay then. So, um, what was I going to say there? I've lost my train of thought now. I've just closed my notes and gone through to YouTube to see if there was any, anyone tuning in over there. (laughs) We've got some people still on LinkedIn. If you've got any questions for Andy concerning voice search, anything you want to know, any kind of insights that you want kind of Andy to comment on any tips that you're looking for in terms of how you can go about measuring your voice search activity, just stick them in the, in the, in the comments on LinkedIn. Um, but that was what I was going to say. You, earlier on, you commented on how things have been changing over time and Alexa had kind of changed some of the results and things over time and Google's experimenting with stuff. Can you tell us a little bit more about that in terms of some of the trends that you're seeing with these assistants and how they're responding
2: to voice search queries? Um, I mean, the types of results that are coming back, again, are going to be very question-specific and very industry-specific. Um, it's hard to sort of generalise. As I say, we noticed Alexa started to creep in different um, types of results based the, based around skills. What we again, because this has been a, a quite a journey for us in the last twelve months of really trying to use the tool in, in anger um, rather than sort of having it as a as a sort of alpha version. Um, it's just trying to then when we get these answers back, and if we know that we are not the first result, and that tends to be the case in a large percentage of um, the projects that we've seen and run. So, if you are Adidas, then you've probably not thought about voice that much, and you'd probably out of 100 questions, you might only have 10%. So, the question then is there are 90% of the other people who are ranking or coming back for results. What are those types of um, answers? So, we spent a long time categorizing the type of answers that come back is it Wikipedia? Is it a statement? Is it a map? Is it a um, a snippet? Is it a, it could be one of about 10 different things. Um, So whilst there's been no massive trend in terms of introducing new features, what is interesting to see if you set a project up today, how that evolves over time, Google will start to drop in different um, types of answers. It will change the answer that comes back um in the same way it does with traditional search engine results pages that's always an an element of fluctuation just Mm. i think we looked at um the one that we run for adido quite regularly which is about digital agencies i think in the last six 12 months we've had about five or six different versions of that text come back Mm. um based on uh, all sorts of different criteria so the, the the trend as i say this year has been skills a little bit um but still is an ongoing element of Google trying to give the the most relevant answer it can.
0: Yeah. We've got a, we've got a question from Brett Kinsella, Brett, the voice bot Kinsella. Glad that you're listening, Brett. Thank you for your question. It is what percentage of brand slash product searches are you finding that provide a skill or an action as a result? And what percentage give you a Wikipedia result?
2: Oh goodness, Um, that varies massively um, depending on depending on a depending on the project and b depending on the questions you ask. Mm -hmm. Um, So more fact-based things will always churn up Wikipedia. Um, What's the other first part about brand? So how
0: many percent? What percentage of kind of like brand product searches will recommend a skill or an action rather than a web search? Uh, That's very
2: that's very small from our from our um, analysis so far we've got we've got a wide range of things to do with shoes or locksmiths or airports or holidays so um skills at the moment are are less than half a percent i'd say maybe even less than that hmm.
0: Another question from Chip Edwards. Thank you for tuning in, Chip. This is, what's your take on companies spending energy on voice search versus custom skills? What would, where would you put your resources in? Optimizing your website for voice search or building out custom skills and actions?
2: Um, I guess it depends on the purpose you're trying to do. If you're trying to educate or if you're trying to sell, um, I think there's probably an argument for for either, depending on what it is you're trying to do. I think probably down the longer run, I think skills are probably going to be a perhaps a stronger investment. I know, I think, again, going back to what John was saying, um, he ran some skills for property, I think, wasn't it, if you remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where you're asking house prices in, say, Coventry or Birmingham, um, and the skill is coming back. So I think in those specific really, really niche type of questions, I think that probably is a good argument to make that a skill. But then I guess the question is what do you want someone to do with that? Are you want to look into buy a house, you're looking to push them back through to an email or to something. Um, you know I found I started listening to your podcast probably about two or three years ago, one of the first ones you did talking about voice interface design because I was quite fascinated about how you create those hierarchies and structures. Um, and I think again with voice search Understanding the user journey and what it is they're trying to do would probably sway you one way or another. And um, again, that's going to be very case by case basis. I'd assume.
0: What do you think, Dustin? You know, you've you've got a lot of experience on both search and skills. What would you say that people should be doing, looking at skills and actions, or optimizing websites?
1: I yeah, I mean that's a good question. I think Andy Andy has a right. It really depends on the goal uh, because one of the things that I'd be interested in getting your thoughts on Andy is, you know, we're definitely seeing in the search that we do, which is obviously quite different than, than web search, but still we're seeing that as people get more comfortable with searching through voice, they're also getting more comfortable with searching through natural language generally, but um, through text. So going to google.com and typing in more of a natural language query or going to a website, typing in more of a natural language query. And so certainly if you're improving your website to Better support Google Assistant or better support Alexa, then that's going to have follow-on benefits too, because when someone goes in and types, uh, "What are the best trail runners?", then uh, you know on a web search maybe it's not true one for one, but you're going to be a lot more likely to rank higher. But uh, to your point, Kane, you know certainly the skills and the actions are going to get a lot more, a lot more engagement and. If you want that, to, because the big question that I have, and Andy, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well, is for me right now, it seems like the web voice search is I ask for a question, I get an answer back, and then there's not much beyond that. Uh, maybe like brand awareness, but really, uh, my question is what's step two? Like, what's it, what happens after the consumer hears my brand name in those voice results?
2: Uh, well, again, I, I think because the voice search um, mindset is still very, very new, I think if you did come back, so it was Adidas and the best trail runners were, the Adidas Evolve 520 edition or whatever. Um, in the same way with a Google um, this meta description, you can ask questions, you can put things in there. Maybe there's the opportunity, if you do know what where you rank, for you to then put secondary questions or, you know, follow adidas in the adidas skill ask your assistant now for the adidas skill and you can find out more about these trainers etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think there's maybe some opportunity there um but as you say it's 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 very um it's very stunted isn't it that conversation what's the best trail runners the best trail runners according to da, 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 are the adidas evolve 520 and then that's it so Um, I think that's the difficulty and I think also going back to the sort of the skills versus um, searching um, question the one of the big things I've still not got my head around and maybe it's a question back to you too is um, just the 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 mindshare it takes to remember to ask for a particular skill I think is where the challenge is with a lot of these things and I think where again our tool can maybe fill that gap for a while is um, are people still asking for my skills or are they asking questions and not coming into my skill because I can't remember to ask for it. I mean, I don't know what recall you're seeing. Perhaps Dustin, this is more of your question of usage and drop-offs. Cause I think the graphs are still quite very steep, aren't they? Once you've used a skill once people don't come back.
0: Yeah. (laughs) that's that's the that's the issue isn't it is that um getting getting repeat users is really difficult i think that my thoughts on that question of search versus actions and skills and stuff is that i think search is where it's at now because it's you know voice seemingly at the moment in certain cases is being used for the very first part of the journey which is that initial search so siri for example siri is a front end to a search that you finish off elsewhere you ask siri for something it displays a list of links and then you click on one and then you're off to the website similar to google assistant on the uh, in the app you know you'll you'll ask it a question it'll save you some a result back and you can click on it and go and visit the website um <clears throat> where i'd see it going is that over time if the these two platforms in particular can figure out how to do this well, is that if you ask for those Nike or oh, Adidas running trainers, there'll be a certain number of skills or actions that have that product that can then kind of almost, it's its exactly what I was saying about the value of Voices. And I don't know if anyone's seen the, the video I did yesterday about the value of Voices, which is that Apple have just acquired Voices. And what Voices does is it uses the, the company's product information to, in order to create a voice interface out of it, rather than um, you know you having to give a training data it'll use the actual data that you have. And so if you had skills to sell certain products and you were able to surface those product categories or brands and prices, things like that, to Google Assistant and Amazon through actions and skills, over time, if they can figure out this implicit invocation thing, it means that if you ask Google Assistant for white... White Nike trainers or Adidas running shoes. It can then go to its actions and say, "Here's a load of places that do that." And the value of returning you into an, turning you into an action rather than a search result is that you can actually complete the transaction in a conversation. So I think in the long term, it's in, it's worth investing in in the action because that's where you can actually transact and convert in the same channel in the same dialogue without sending people to a different channel. But right now, the vast majority of all of these things are acting like a front end to a web search. So Mm. Short term, short term probably is sort your website out. Long term is probably invest in more actions and and skills. Yeah. Well, we've got another question from Ahmed Mansi, who says uh, he's got a general question about how to avoid big companies pushing their product when searching for an item using voice assistance. Amazon, as an example, when asking for batteries, Alexa suggests Amazon products without giving other options. Anything we can do about that? <laughs>
2: Uh, well, again, from our tool, if you put in where do I buy batteries then uh our tool would tell you that the answer coming back is amazon um in terms of what you do about that Amazon, this is what I was trying to say earlier on Google and um Amazon they own these platforms and say so, um where you go when you ask the question is completely down to them. Yes, they want to promote skills, yes, they want to promote diversity for now, but you know fast forward five ten years um who knows what's going to happen? But, you know, at the moment, batteries or toilet roll, I move, mean, not toilet roll. <laughs> That's like <laughs> gold. Um, but, you know, any sort of generic uh, items, Amazon know that batteries are sold a lot on Amazon. So therefore, it's going to push their own batteries in front of anyone else. And I don't think you're ever going to be able to get in the way of that, unfortunately.
0: Mm. Follow up question was, uh, do you think if companies build their own skill on Alexa to see their product without putting them onto Amazon, would that be a good way to avoid Amazon controlling which items to show first? We've kind of covered a little bit of that in terms of if you build a skill that sells certain stuff, Amazon might put you in there. Uh, Ahmed, I'd, I'd check out also the episode we did with blue tag. Um, it opened, was it just in last week, week before last?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we ended up releasing it last week.
0: Yeah. So we kind of go into some detail uh, on that in that episode, which is worth checking out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what what about the future then, Andy? Where do you see the future of voice search and and the future of, of share of voice?
2: Um good question. I mean, I'm I'm still quite excited by voice technology and what it could and should do. Um I've tried consistently over the last year or two to to ingrain it in my life. Um I've still not managed to do it because I think there's still an element of disappointment I have. Um And maybe that's just me, but um, I'm not seeing enough wide adoption yet. You think you'd like to think this could be the year where we start to question our behavior and change our behavior and touching things with our hands when (laughs) stuff's going on around the world. Could be um, faux pas. I think you put a video about someone put video about um you know how interfaces are going to change and the importance of you know having terminals which are voice enabled rather than you know i go to go to fly at southampton i used to enter my number onto the keypad to get my ticket i should now just be able to you know say it and as soon as you start to have those points where people are using voice far more day-to-day and it becomes more involved in their world then i think voice searches will be far more prominent and therefore our, our tool will be used far more than um than it currently is and that's that's my hope is that voice becomes more adopted more widespread um which i guess all of us on this cool one um um and therefore people will be asking like, well where where is adidas trainers on alexa and google um and that's where again our tool can come in um how long it's going to take to get 50 percent? i really <laughs> don't know if we're even going to get there to be honest i think i think voice searches are are, are largely supplemental to traditional searches i don't know. if uh, again you did a video on that did you about you walking down the street and asking things in your headphones etc yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think i think that it depends really it's like when we mentioned um you referenced dr pete the episode we did with dr pete and i, I remember in that episode and i think this is what i mentioned in that video was that When we spoke to Dr. Pete, he was saying that that voice searches are creeping up in those moments throughout the day when we don't have access to our hands. So if you're washing up or if you're driving, that was where he saw voice search happening. And those moments when we don't have our phone in our hands are kind of few and far between, really. They're not like massive chunks of time apart from driving. Um, But he was saying that he hasn't seen and Moz hadn't seen a crossover between voice searches and normal searches as in voice searches replacing normal searches and what I was kind of saying is I have noticed for me that in certain environments like in the front room or in the kitchen when I do have my phone with me or I even had it in my hand and instead of actually getting my phone out and typing I'll actually talk it and so just for me not not in huge volumes but my search habits have certainly started to voice searches have started to replace typed searches what about you Dustin have you noticed something similar
1: Yeah. I mean, and you know, this is a stat that I I love to throw out there. It's uh, now probably about a year and a half old is that uh, 71% of people prefer to search through voice than use a keyboard. Uh, and so one of the things that, you know, we've been talking about with people Kane is you want to be wherever your customer is whenever they think about your product. If you're, um, a battery retailer, and that's all you sell is batteries. You know, when someone's on the bus and they're passing by a, a Best Buy or or a, a similar store that sells batteries, you want it to be just as easy for them to ask for your batteries uh, through voice, and or just overall. And voice really helps helps that because you don't have to take your phone out, Kane, like you mentioned, or you can be sitting on the couch and you can be having a conversation with your with your wife or husband and and say, Oh, hey, we need to add new batteries. So it really is about working, working into the world, but certainly, you know, we've heard from several people, Sony as well. Remember Sony mentioned that it's not replacing music listens. It's increasing music listens.
2: Mm. Well, I think, I think also the, the, um, increasing prevalence of, um, the Apple iPod, uh, iPods? the iPods, Yeah, iPods, sorry. Um, uh, I spoke to a uh, guy, Craig Pugsley, a while ago, who's um, done a lot of voice, he used to work at Just Eat and launched an app with them. And he was saying, just, you know, just asking questions walking down the road because they're in your ears all the time. And it's almost like that Alexa voice is always there to answer your questions. And even if you just sort of you have a fleeting thought about something, you just mention it and the answer will come back nice and softly in your ears. And I think if we are walking around with those things in our ears all the time, we'll just start almost talking to ourselves. But we were getting that, secondary answer in our ears that um gives us the information we want and yeah you may supplement or um take away the searches you do at your desk but you're still asking those voice searches so i think it's all just sort of drip 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 things isn't it over the period of time mm.
0: yeah absolutely well andy where can people go then if they are Interested in trying to understand what their current share of voice is and trying to gather those insights, is your tool? Is it live now? Is it? Are you looking for people to test it out, or what's what's? If not, what's the process? If you are, how can people do it?
2: Um, we are definitely interested in people to use it. The more people that use it, the better the tool gets. Um, there's elements of AI and machine learning in there, so the more data it has, more throughput it has, more variety it has, um, the better the tool gets. Um, it's available now. Anyone can go and register a free account um it's shareavoice.io so if you go onto shareavoice.io you can click a button create a, an account in a couple of minutes um create your questions create your um brand you want to listen out for um and you'll get emails sent to you within 24 hours um showing you your own share of voice so we'd love everyone who's listened today or listening on the pod to um sign in have a play and let us know what you think cool Wicked. Well, Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so
0: much for joining us. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in as well on LinkedIn. We're going to do this more often now we've got a proper setup. We did try it before. Uh, we tried it with Adam Greenwood and the podcast and the, the call ended up being all right. It ended up being pretty good, but we had some teething problems at the beginning um, where the editor, I had, to, I had to basically be like a producer and also we were trying to do the podcast. So, so basically yeah, it was it was just really really bad but this is working all right the only thing i'm not keen on is that now on linkedin when i'm looking now it's got the zoom logo right over the top of the uh, screen which i didn't realize so uh people know what tools we're using which is <laughs> uh but yeah so thank you mandy it's been a pleasure thank you everyone for tuning in uh on linkedin and youtube and if you're listening to this on the podcast which is probably a couple of days later um if you if you want to check out that tool visit sharevoice.io we'll put the link in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast and on the website and, and in the show notes on the podcast uh, if you want to follow what we're doing as well we've got a daily vlog on LinkedIn every day I'm walking my dog and running around the streets <laughs> rabbiting uh, voice they're Great, insights. they're great keep doing them thank you thank you yeah they've been getting some pretty good feedback It's it's been going pretty well so yeah we do that every single day uh, and you can get a summary on, on the newsletter as well if you go to vux.world slash subscribe so again thank you Andy Thank you, Dustin, as always, and always, as always, rather, boys and girls. Thank you always. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Until next time, see you later.